I'm super excited to be sitting here with you. Mm-hmm. Folks, just so you know, today is January 11th. Today's the, yeah, the 11th, right? Yeah, today, January 11th. January 11th, 2017. Obama is officially exited oh. the building. We're not going to talk about that, right? No, we are going to talk about okay. that. Okay. That's cool. I mean, but there's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to talk about. We'll touch on it. Okay. Okay. Because we, <laughs> we could talk a lot about that. All day? Yeah. I'm going to need a box of tissues. Yeah. I think That's I need to. But I'm super excited to announce who I'm speaking with today. Entrepreneur, Marcus Crawford, owner and founder of Grow Retail. Have you heard of them? If you haven't, they're a food truck. And he's also founder of Amongst Elite LLC. Welcome, Marcus. What's up? Thank you. Thanks How you for having today? me. I'm great. This is uh this is exciting. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you here with us. Um, this is cool, man. Very interesting. Like the whole story, how you found out about us and reaching out. It's just the dynamics and power of the internet. So this is this is great. Power of the internet, which you use for your business. Of course. Who Heavily. doesn't? Got to. Because you're mobile. Yes. So talk to us about burritos, because I gotta say I haven't had your food yet. Okay. I'll keep it one hundred. Okay. Tell tell the story how you how heard I about yeah. Because okay. I think I think that's very interesting. Yes. I think so, that's very interesting. I was with my little boo thing, who's no longer my boo thing. I am single for those listeners. <laughs> and I said, hey, why don't we go to? Have you heard of this place called Pier Thirteen? Right. So I said, all right. So we get there. There's a whole bunch of cool food trucks. Before I got to you, there was another truck. So I ate there. But then. I love to support my people, so I was like, dang, I'm, I'm starving. I mean, I'm no longer starving, but that looks like a great concept and a clever title. When I come back next week, I'm going to eat there. It was towards the end of the season. It was a bad thunderstorm. I never made it back. But I never forgot about you guys, so I said, that's pretty cool. Burritos, I hope they're making Mexican food. I think that's what they're yes, making. Yes. So I said, let me call them, have them on the show, and learn more about what's going on. Interesting. Talk to us. Okay, so Burritos is... Um, our second food truck. Uh-huh. Our first truck was called Original Soup Man. Um, if people have seen, it was like a little orange trailer. We were pushing around New Jersey for like for two years. Um, that that business started to move in the opposite direction that we wanted to move. So we came up with burritos. Uh, we were actually going to do something called Burrito Brothers, Burrito Bros, uh, and then we were thinking about doing a chicken wing concept. We looked around, we looked around, we drive by Chipotle every day and we see a line. Every day you go by Chipotle, there's a line. So we look at the, the, the map of Jersey, there's no burrito food trucks. There's Mexican trucks, there's taco trucks, there's empanada trucks, but there's no burrito trucks. Got it. So we're sitting, all right, uh, we're going to do something different. Let's try what's, what's not here. So that's where we're like, all right, let's do burritos. Um, there was an event last year called the, uh, the Rock Carnival. Now I was talking to one of my good buddies that owns a food truck called Callahan's, really popular hot dog truck. Up from up north. No, Callahan's is a big deal mm-hmm. in Birmingham. Exactly. It's a huge restaurant back in the day. Mm-hmm. People remember going memories of Callahan's. Okay. So a little bit about Callahan's. My guy Dan, he's like the grandson of the original owner. Okay. So they had closed the store down. He okay. actually re he bought the the business back through a food truck. Okay. And he actually started when we started our soup truck. So um, I was just talking to him. And we're, I'm like, yeah, man, I might do something called Burrito Bro Burrito Brothers and da da da. He's like, yo, why, why not Burritos? I said, man, I'm taking that and just walked away from him. So that's how <laughs> I'm taking that. I, I got to run with that one. So that's how Burritos, the name, came about. 
Um, so now we sell, you know, we sell tacos, burritos, quesadillas, and we do have a specialty lobster roll, which is very popular as well. Um, some people are like, how, how do you sell a lobster roll on a burrito truck? Um, you know, it's my menu. I do what I want. I know that's right. <laughs> you know, it's, that's really what it comes down to. But, you know, everybody has their own style of what they want to do and things, and that's us. Because New Jersey's food truck industry. Mm-hmm. Is it up and coming? Because I, you know, I understand if you're on the Fifth Avenue or Madison Avenue, you come outside, you're overwhelmed with choices. Yeah. As opposed to in New Jersey, I feel like everyone drives everywhere. Mm-hmm. You go to get your meal. You're yeah. not used to walking outside. Hardly people want to walk anywhere. They're just lazy out here. So, what do you do about that? How do you So, n- New Jersey's, the business, the food truck business in New Jersey is growing. Um, we're actually like late to the party, as I say, because it's been on the West Coast. You know, New York's been killing it. Any major city's killing it. But like you said, Jersey's not really built like that. Um, and Jersey's regulations are different. So for every city and township we go to, we have to get a new permit, health and fire. Mm. So it, it varies. There's no set standard. Fire, fire, there's a set standard at like $42. But for health, they could charge us $50, they could charge us 100 they could charge us 150 they could charge us 25 they could not charge us at all. Like, there's no standard. Um, and then when they see the trucks coming in, they're like, oh, let's go make some money on the trucks. And, you know, you know they just kind of charge us. So we get inspected, like, every weekend, which is quite annoying yeah. um, for the festivals. But for us in, in my business, we found, you know, you got to go find foot traffic, which is more city-like. So we do a lot in Jersey City. That's why we focus in Jersey City in the summertime. You'll catch us at Pier 13 when you saw us because there's foot traffic there for everybody going to see the the sites. Mm -hmm. Um, Foot traffic is the name of the game. Um, There's other trucks that make it work just staying in one spot, you know, in suburban places. But I personally just don't like that. You know, I mean, those trucks, they got to stay out all day. I like to work, do the lunch shift, maybe go do a dinner shift and that's it. Or just do the lunch shift, make enough and that's it. Um, You know, staying out. All day requires more time, more staff, more product, and it just becomes a little tedious. Got it. Now, was it ever a culinary passion? No. All business-minded. All business-minded? Yeah, all business-minded. So, minded. who is Marcus Pass Burritos? What did you do prior to Burritos? Okay. <laughs> so, let's take it back to the, the truck I was telling you about, Soup Man. Okay. Um, after school, I went to school. Where? FIU, down in Miami. FIU yeah, is Flo- Florida? Florida International University. I went there down in Miami. Um, originally from Jersey. Sorry, so how hard was it to focus in Miami? It wasn't. Uh, I'm I'm good. Like I, I can, I can you one train of thought. I'm good. I didn't have to sneak out to go to South Beach. Like South Beach was down. I was there every night, but I was still knew how to like get my stuff done. I you see. know, like I don't procrastinate. Like if I got stuff to do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna handle my work. Then I go out. Okay. I mean, I was promoting clubs out there for a little bit. So like I was literally there Tuesday through Sunday at the club. You know, (laughs) yeah, so it's like, it's not, you know, that, like, a lot of people always ask that, like, how did you focus? And, like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, if you're not used to it, and you kind of, like, getting your first, you know, first breath of, like, fresh air, then you you might lose yourself. But (laughs) but if you understand that you really, yeah, like, I mean, ultimately, I was there to get my degree, so it wasn't to go to the club, you know, you just got to have your, (laughs) yeah, I mean, maybe I'm a Pisces. So, so here's my other thing. I don't really like the beach. I could swim like a whale. Yeah. I like pools. I had a bad experience when I was little with a snapping turtle. I don't like water I can't see in. So, <laughs> so when it comes to the beach, I'm like, I'm good. I don't it care. Got it. And okay. then, yeah, think about how hot it is in Miami. The, 
the sand is like 120 degrees, the water's like, you know, 80 degrees. It's just a hot situation. It's not comfortable. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to be in the water. Okay. So I'm, I'm cool. That's that's how I got through. Got it. So you FIU. <laughs> FIU. Um, you know, born and raised in Jersey. Went to FIU uh, for school. Old Bridge. Central Jersey. So that's between like East Brunswick, Sayreville, okay. down the street from Rutgers. Um, to FIU, I double majored in uh, marketing and real estate. Uh, I walked on and played basketball out there. But after school, I always had dreams of like going, coming to the city. I wanted to live in the city, you know, get to the hustle and bustle. And then when I moved back, I started looking at like apartments in the city and I was like, I'm not going to pay 1500 for a little hole. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, just not going to happen. So I kind of stuck it out in Jersey. And then my first job out of college was TGI Fridays. Yeah, so that's my first job after getting a degree. After you know they hype, yeah, get a degree, get a get, mm-hmm. get a job, get a degree, get a job. Um, so I'm working at Fridays, and it was cool, you know, a couple of dollars. But at the end of the day, like I got a degree. I'm not trying to be at Fridays. Like you know, mentally, it's that starts to put the wear and tear on you. Like sure. yeah, why am I at Fridays? I can't get a job anywhere. I but do this without spending sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, it was my my tuition was cheaper though. Mm. Yeah, how much are you? <laughs> Yearly? Less than four. For real? Mm-hmm. That's all I went to school. <laughs> Shout out to see. the orange man. Yeah, see. People be like, yeah, tuition. I was like, yeah, less than four. <laughs> so tuition, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I'm like kind of stressed out, but trying to figure it out. And it's like I'm going through a, a weird patch. It's like, yeah, I got to get a job, but I don't want to work for nobody. I know I don't want to work for nobody, but what can I start doing myself? So, I mean, I started doing like basketball training here and there, but that didn't really go anywhere um so after the the tgi friday's job which i ended up getting fired from because uh, i didn't want to show up one day right. but i told them i was going to be on they put me on the calendar i'm like yo i told you i wasn't gonna make it like y'all not about to run my life at fridays it's not gonna happen so i didn't show up whatever i got fired um i started working for this company called the original suit man okay which is based in based from new york they have an office in staten island and the original suit man is a company that partnered up with this chef that the Seinfeld Soup Nazi episode was made Got for. It. Okay, makes sense. Okay, so the company Soup Man owns the right side of the soups. They have very dynamic, great gourmet soups. I was working with that company. I think I started in 2011 or 2012. 2011, 2011. Started working there. And it's like cool. You know, you get to a new job. You're like, yeah, you know, let me show them what I got. I'm, I'm in here. I'm, you know, full attention. Let's get it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But then after time, I'm like, man, they got me doing, like, intern stuff, man. Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm shipping packages off and just doing the bare, like, I'm not being tested. You know what I'm saying? I'm not being tested. I could do so much more. I got so much more value to your company. But it wasn't their fault. They didn't have a use for me. Mm -hmm. You know, the company wasn't ready to grow and really put me in a position to do something. So I found myself trying to find a way out. Um, And then I knew food trucks were hot. I knew they had great soups, so I'm like, yo, look, why don't we, um, you know, take the soups, put it on the, put it on the truck. Instead of just pitching them the idea and giving it to them, I wanted to, you know, go into business myself. So I pitched it to them, and then I told them, like, look, I'll buy the truck, and I'll go do it myself. And they were like, all right. They were cool, so they gave me the opportunity. So they gave me the first opportunity to start that truck, and um, that's that's where it started okay. start going. Now, I know this because, you know, I scrolled back mm-hmm. in your And I noticed that the truck for the soup man mm-hmm. was like a truck that you drop off. Like the trailer, the trailer. Right? And then the truck you have now is mm-hmm. the truck you drop. Yeah. So for those who are interested, 
if we're going to the group hub business? Is there an advantage of one over the other? Why would one choose the trailer versus the driving truck? Is there? You know, it's really the preference of the owner. Oh, okay. By the way, my trailer's for sale. Um, think about it. Which one? The Superman trailer. Okay, That's for sale. Um, but it's preference. You know, um, the way I saw it was, you know, the trailer was cool. It was, it was a good starting point. It's cheap, lower cost for us to get into the business with the trailer than the truck. Um, and then it gave us something to teach with, I mean, to learn with. And then from there, it's like, okay, we start, now we know the business. So let's get a truck because it's supposed to be, a, it's a food truck. When people think food, you know, food trucks, they think trucks. They don't think trailers. I see. So when you think of like bigger parties and bigger things that we're trying to attract, they want trucks. Like a wedding, they don't really want me to pull up in a trailer. You know, uh, a mitzvah, they don't, they want a truck. You know, people want to come outside, they want to take pictures of an actual truck. So we're like, okay, let's, let's go the truck route. On top of that, it's just a little bit less, less wear and tear on a the, on the pull vehicle and, you know, turn the key and go. Yeah. Instead of having a, you know, some events you pull up with a trailer, you pull up at the wrong time, you got two trucks, how you going to parallel park a trailer? It's yeah. Become, you know, just the little nuisances that we just wanted to get away from. Okay. So that's why we, you know, truck route. But, I mean, end of the day, they both work. They both make money. I mean, <laughs> the money's not the problem. It's mm-hmm. really just a preference. So where do you want to go with it? Where do you see it growing? Okay. Empire, um, merchandising. Do you want to um, have, you know, grow retail kits at Shoprite? Like, where do you want to? Take you know, it's like. As- so I, you know, I have expectations of the business of where I want it to go. Um, but my number one thing is that I don't want it to take all my time. So I don't want it to grow too big. You know, I want it to grow big enough to be like maintainable, so I could go work on other things. Cause I'm really just entrepreneurial minded. I want to do more than just burritos. I, I, I drive myself crazy if it's just burritos for the rest of my life. It won't happen. Um, so right now the vision and the plan is we're going to sell the trailer I'm telling about. <clears throat> we're going to take the money from the trailer and probably get a storefront. Okay. So I have a storefront location to, you know, to run food through, run the business through, and then we'll have one truck. Once it builds from there, we'll go up to two trucks, maybe three. And then we're going to try to find a location that, uh, be more of like a hangout so i like pool tables ping pong real you know like a, a, mm-hmm. a loungy type atmosphere pool tables ping pong maybe live music um liquor so you gotta have beer you gotta have alcohol but more of a hangout and then when people get hungry they go to the, the burrito, truck the burritos which is inside you know it's cool like we just don't have that in jersey man like it's it's weird like i know there's a place in new york mm-hmm. that pull that has a space where trucks pull in and a truck will pull in like every every other day, and it's like a shuffleboard or something like that. So you go like shuffleboard, that. and the trucks just pull in, which yeah, is yeah. cool. The the space don't have to worry about a kitchen. The food truck can make the money, and they could always switch it up. So that's kind of what we want to do: is have this cool space in Jersey where we can have a food truck doing the food, or our own branded mm-hmm. looking like a food truck doing the food. I like it. And then that'll be it. Like I'm not, we're not trying to go too much further than that. Uh, merchandise, of course. You know, we want people wearing burritos everywhere. Uh, you know, squishy, squishy balls, you know, because just like squishy shaped burritos. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, I'm working on now. It's like a burrito. It looks like a foil, but we just got to get it marked. And yeah, yeah. Different merch, all that cool stuff. So people are always talking about it. They could like, you know, it just resonates. You got to sit on the desk. Somebody walks by. Hey, what is that? Oh, burritos is a food truck. So you it know, doesn't that. seem like burritos is the driving force. Hmm. Culinary arts is not the driving <laughs> force. Um, <laughs> it seems as if the driving force is like freedom. Yeah. Why? Like, what gets you? Like, why are you doing this? What gets you out 
what in those nights where you really want to sleep, but you know you gotta stay up and send some emails, like what drives you truly? Because I feel like everybody has that mm-hmm. thing that keeps them going. And for you, I can tell it's not necessarily the, the product, the burrito. Yeah. Um, mine's is that the freedom that you're talking about. Uh, freedom and wealth. So, all right, well, I was just down in Florida a couple weeks ago when we, we spoke through email. But the financial freedom, um, the time freedom, and I, I ran into one of, my, one of my frat brothers out there, and he had asked me a question. He said, do you have time freedom and financial freedom? And it was kind of weird in a bar, so I couldn't hear him. I'm like, what? Time freedom, fin- financial freedom. And I was like, that's, that's, that's all I, that's like, in my head, this is all I'm working for, but he just put it into some cool word, like, you know, TF, you know, TFFF, whatever. Time freedom, financial freedom, which I'm like, yo, that's what I've been working for, and that's what I'm getting to. So for time freedom is like, okay, burritos, let's, let's say, prime example right now. The business is, in, is it's at a position where I don't necessarily have to be on the truck all the time. So I can use the time that I'm not on the truck to work on another business, if that's what comes about. I can use that other time to build myself. You know, so that's the time freedom. Financial freedom is putting this business into a position where it makes enough money where I don't have to worry about it. Like, look, I know I'm getting a check from here all the time. I know I'm getting a check from here. This is covered. So that's the financial freedom aspect. So I feel like right now I have the time freedom part, and I'm just building up to the financial freedom. Um, And most entrepreneurs, you know, they have multiple streams of revenue. So that's why, like, burritos is my thing right now, but I know in my head I need more. So it's like, okay, burritos, let's see. Um, let me make burritos cover my rent for a year. As long as that makes enough money to cover my rent, I don't have to worry about working to cover rent. Right. You understand? So I could actually work or, or have another gig that brings in money for whatever else I want. So that's the time freedom, financial freedom. So once you get those two, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with your time? But I feel like that's when people really become who they are. When they have all the money to do what they really want to do, that's when, like, who am I up here? Because you really can do the thing. Yeah. So what do you think you would do? Would you travel um, with it? I would definitely travel. I would definitely travel. Um, start a cover band? <laughs> uh, probably wouldn't start a cover band. Oh, no. But I'd I would definitely... Like you have the vocals. I'm far from it. I speak no, too long. I'm like, raspy. You can probably do I'm going to get on... You know, when we get done, I'm going to work on a track. Yeah. Like, that's one of my things for this year is, like, just try to make a song. For real? That ass. No, for real? That ass. That ass. It's not gonna be. I'm not gonna sing. Right. I'm gonna try to rap. Well, I ain't never. Sing? Nah, just one. Oh, just one. If track. the one goes well, then we'll think about number two, three, and four. Right. <laughs> but right now we gotta get one. You heard right. it here first, guys. It's a, gonna get it's, a, it's Nah, I'm not. <laughs> nah, don't get signed. I'm sorry. Hey, the independents out here killing it. So everything's business minded with me. Right. Everything. I everything. Like it. But um, you know, I I, I kind of want to like. Just try different stuff. And then with my free time, that's what I would do is just try different stuff, travel more. Like, I've been throughout all the states in, in America, but I want to go. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough growing up to, like, be able to move around a lot and see different places and and just understand, like, okay, the way we move over here is different from how they move over there, you know. So I never really had a problem with it. But if you look, if I look back and I look at some, like, young cats, they kind of just one-track minded. It's like, man, like, you shouldn't be so antsy. Like, you, know, no, right. you know what I'm saying? You shouldn't be so antsy. Like, maybe you, you got to see something different. Because yeah. you got to think about it. Like, I'm 29. There's a 29-year-old that probably has never left the city they live in. Somewhere. You know what no, I'm saying? Somewhere. No, it's true. I've met with so, lots of school of Syracuse. Mm-hmm. There are people who, when we got to school, 
has never met, you know, a Latino person yeah, or yeah. never met a black person. So their only perception of who I was was what they saw on the internet. Or back then, internet was really popping. I guess what they saw on television. Yeah. Right? Because I was school in 2001. So that's kind of scary for me. Because if all you saw was images of black people on MTV, that's one <laughs> monolithic view yeah. of who I am. You know, we, of course, we had the Cosby show, but I think that went out. I don't know when that ended. But you know what I'm saying? So I totally get what you're saying. Because yeah. I used to live in Paris, too. That's dope. When I came back, it's like you have to redefine. Mm. You know, you think, what is black American? What is black American outside of America? It's a totally different definition. Because I went into a corner store. I'll never forget. It's an area of Paris called Chateau Rouge. You get off the train in Chateau Rouge, mm-hmm. it feels like Harlem. Really? All the women, you want braids, you want braids. They yeah. walk up to you in the traditional body, you want braids. <laughs> Graffiti everywhere. That's dope. It's the only place you can get a leaf that's something like collard greens. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If you want to try to make a traditional soul food meal, that's really where you have to go. Okay. So I'm walking through. At that time, there was no cell phones. I mean, it was cell phones, but I don't yeah. know why they had international service, so I had to get a phone card. Yeah, it wasn't like that then. They had a phone card to call my mom. I walk in here to call car, and the man said, what are you? African man, right? Probably Senegalese. I'm pretty sure he was Senegalese. I said, I'm black. You're not black, I'm black. I said, wait, what? <laughs> You're American. I said, yeah, but I'm black. And it was almost as if he challenged who I was. And I had to rethink, like, why would he think that I'm not black? Mm-hmm. He's black, and what's his definition of blackness? The diaspora, whole bunch of different stuff. And then I'm there, right? And I'm studying. So it's my junior year. So I've got all these accolades. I'm in NAMBTWC, you know. I'm in NSBE, which is National Association of Black Engineers, um, 3.6, blah, blah, blah. So you have this ego, right? When you get there, I'm a Syracuse student. Yeah. Great school, you know what I'm saying? Carmelo sits next to me in class, you know, <laughs> everything. And then you meet someone two years younger than you who knows six languages, has been to this country, this country, this country. It's almost as if, your ego is like, let me check. I still have some things to learn. Right. You get what I'm saying? I speak one language. Okay, I went to Paris one time. I live here for school. You realize that the education you have is so much more to learn. So it's interesting. You challenge yourself. Um, it's something to be said for being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I <clears> love traveling internationally just because you get to be uncomfortable and grow. That's dope. So two years ago, I went to Brazil. Everyone goes, don't go to Brazil. It's dangerous. I'm taking the public train. <laughs> I'm in the favelas. I mean, why are people so afraid? You know, yeah. so it's it's interesting. It is a lesson in itself. That's cool. That's that's. I mean, that's why I want to get out. Yeah. Like out of out of the country. Because mm-hmm. I mean, even when you're talking about like the education, like the education levels in America are so like so much lower than mm-hmm. other countries. It's it's ridiculous. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, because if you, if you live in Spain, how many countries can you go to within four hours? A whole bunch of different ones. That's wild. If you live in the United States within four hours, it's only the United States. Yeah. You know? So I, I totally get it. I get all of it. Yeah. Definitely got to get these, uh, this passport stamp sign. Need that. How many stamps do you have now? One. And where'd you go? Toronto. Was it a good time? I went to All Star last year. It was oh. cold. It was the coldest I've ever been in my life. Did you get some groupie love? Nah, I don't do no groupies. And I have a girlfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> so how is that? I always like to ask the entrepreneurs, yeah, no, right? <laughs> because I feel like it's not like a nine to five where you can check out. Yeah. It's yours. Yeah. So work-life balance. How do you handle that? How do you still be the thoughtful, romantic guy and still handle your business? 
I got to still have a level of employee. You know, you have employees, things like that. I got to still work on that. Like, I'm still working on that. Because, like, she'll tell you, like, I'm business, business, business. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I always got to fight with you. Like, Listen, that's, you signed up for this. <laughs> like, you signed up for it. It's, it's nothing harsh, but, you know, I always got to break it down. Like, listen, I work for myself. In order for me to make the salary that you make at your job, I got to make a whole lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, for an entrepreneur to really, like, sit comfortable, you got to make a lot of money. You have to. Mm-hmm. You can't bring in 100000 in sales and think you're walking away with 60 or 70. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You got to pay for what you're selling. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay for, you know, the, there's a, so much that has to, like, be broken down that, you know, you make 100000 in sales, you might get 30. Like, Ooh. you know, you might get 30. Might. Ooh. And that's a strong might. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then if you got employees, you got to pay your employees. And the way I am, the way, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm more, I, I try to be more of a leader. So I pay the people that help me out and work me, work for me before I pay myself. Yeah. So I've been biting the bullet since we started it just because, you know, that's just it's my right role. You know, that's my role. I have to. Mm-hmm. If I don't bite the bullet, who else going to do it? You know, if I don't put the extra time in, who else going to do it? So trying to explain or, or trying to, you know, make somebody else understand that is like, they say they understand, but they'll never really understand until, you know, they do it themselves. Right. That's so speaking it. of doing it yourself. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps? Mm-hmm. But obviously, I'd rather learn from your mistakes than make them myself. Mm-hmm. Pitfalls, things they should avoid, things they should look out for when attempting to start a food truck for themselves. Uh... Okay, let's just go straight to, like, food truck festivals because we're in New Jersey. Okay. All right, so a lot of people think that, you know, food trucks are killing it. They're making all this money because they go to these festivals and they see a lot of people out there. And it automatically translates, yo, there's, like, 10,000 people out here. All these trucks got to be making, like, you know, four, 5,000 a clip. Like, each truck got to be making that. Cool. That's one event. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't happen like that all the time. You going to show up to events and there's not going to be anybody there. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, the, the numbers won't correlate. You know, you have to understand. You need to come up with inventory systems. You have to have reliable people in order to do a food truck. I got a partner, my man Johnny. He actually had a dinner. He couldn't make it tonight. Um, and Johnny Gibbs, that's my guy. Started out with me with the soup all the way to now. So he's been with me the past three years. And I personally could not do it without him. Like, if if he was to ever at one point have had left, I would have been in a messy situation. It's because you can't do it by yourself. Um, but... You know, you got to look at, you got to do your research. You got to understand where you're going to be selling at. So that's the, the rules and regulations of the, the townships, uh, fire codes, health codes. Do you have to stay in one spot? Can you move around? Um, understand, do you have to be out there all night? Or, I mean, all day? Or do you just go out there for a few hours? You need to start reaching out and building your brand in other places so that you don't have to rely on, like, uh, corporate lunches. Uh, lunches you want to you want to have like a, a business where you want your pe- you want people to call you and say hey look bring your truck here we're gonna pay you this much mm-hmm. you want that's that's like that's, that's the ultimate place to be is having caterings where it's guaranteed you know other than for that it's all risk and it's a ton of risk because you know you're putting money up you know some people come out they're like, yo i want to i want to get in the food truck industry right so they'll go to some food truck warehouse or talk to somebody and like, yeah, you can get a food truck for like, you know, eighty to a hundred thousand. 
somebody, if you don't know enough, you, you go put that money out. 80 to 100,000, right? Now you got to go make that back. <laughs> for a truck. For, I mean, it, you know, depending on... If you buy a bare bone truck, you could get it for eight oh, grand. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean there are. I know somebody's paid over two for theirs. I know I know guys that pay, you know, seventy, one twenty five. Wow. You know. I mean, but it's the equipment, it's it's the labor and mm-hmm. somebody putting it together. I see. So I like right now I could justify all those expenses. It's just a matter of do I wanna do it. So there's an Audi of food trucks and then there's like a Toyota of food trucks? I mean, as long as it make money, do it matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. I mean, look, there's trucks out here that that pay way more than I pay for mine, and you can line me up next to them, and we gonna we gonna sell more. So it really depends on you doing your research. I see. You know, so like I was saying, the truck I have now, yes, we pay less than ten for. Okay. Right, and then we decide we're gonna build it ourselves. Yes. So we. We spent more money on the equipment, obviously, building the walls. We put the time in ourselves. We didn't have to pay somebody else to do it. When I had got price quotes and things for that truck, for the same type of truck, people wanted like 60, 70 grand for it. I did it myself for 20, 25. I see. You know, so it really is it's on a person, the individual. Like some people are like, yo, look, I'm not building a food truck. I don't have time for that. I'll just want to pay for it. So they go pay. But again, back to the pitfalls, because I, you know, you spend. 80 to 100 on the truck. Now you in debt 80 to 100. Right. Right. Now you got to get you, you know, now you got to get it on the road. So you're going to spend that money. That's, let's say that's the whole truck built out, wrapped up cool. Now you're going to go into business. I mean, how much do you think you, you're going to make? Let's say you can make around 200 in sales in a year because we're so seasonal. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you, that's 120 left over, but that 80 is, that 80 is all debt. You still got to pay for your entire business. You got to pay for your staff. You got to pay for your uh, inventory. You got to pay for yourself, your own time. You got to pay for the events. You got to pay all the permits. Uh, all of that is going to come out your bottom line. So in that first year, you're not going. You're not going to make enough to just throw eighty away and be like, "All right, cool, that's gone." You know, it's, it's just not going to happen. And a lot of people go into the business thinking that they're going to make enough. Like that eighty is going to turn into like a, a brick and mortar. It's going to take you four or five years to clear that. And that's why people choose food trucks over the brick and mortar. That's what I thought. You know, I, I get a brick and mortar, I build it out, or I buy it. It's going to take, they say, three to five years and for you to start seeing your return. Yeah, if you do a truck and you do it the way like we did it, you know, one year, I could cover all my debts and I'm good. Now, moving forward, I'm, I'm profitable. Yes. And that's really where you want to be. The idea is low overhead, keep yourself out the hole. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Shoot the stars. Yeah, stay out of debt, cause you could, yo, you could, you could accumulate debt so quick with a food mm-hmm. truck and not even realize it, and then you be sitting there next year, come around like, yo, that was harder than I thought it was gonna be. Uh, I gotta sell it, and then you're not gonna get what you paid for it. Oof. And I know a lot of trucks come in and a lot of trucks go out, man. It's, it's, that's a lot of work. A lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of work. People like when I estimate what it I, takes. When I say it's glorified. Like, it's truly glorified. People really don't understand the grind, especially when you're working for yourself, your own business, your own food business. Most chefs will tell you, yeah, you got to be up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning cooking. You're going to have to drive to the location, which is an hour away. You're going to be there, let's say, from 11 to 6. You're going to be there 11 to 6. Now, say you don't make no money from 11 to 6. You just sat there with all that food you just prepped up. 
All that's got to go in the trash. All your time you just wasted got to go in the trash. Now you got to drive back home, throw it all out, bad at throw it all out, and start over for the next day. Like, and people don't get like that happens often. Often, you know, it's like you got to be able to deal with them lows, because then when the highs come, it's like yeah, cool, we we got one. So speaking of those lows, every segment I like to ask my guests Mm -hmm. about a no ego moment. What I call a no ego moment is millennials especially. I feel like social media is taking it to a point where everyone's winning. Mm -hmm. Everyone's winning in their Snapchats, Mm -hmm. in their posts on Instagram. Mm -hmm. No one just posts. You know, you post when you have the lobster. You don't post the day that you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich (laughs) because you're just making a way. Like, you understand? So I like to connect with my listeners and just say, you know, this was a no ego moment for myself no ego moment with my guests. Okay. Something that they can connect with you and say, look, this guy's got some booming food truck, but that doesn't mean he didn't have some lows mm-hmm. in getting to the highs. Mm-hmm. So is there anything you want to share personal, professional? Uh, maybe just took an L, maybe you just try to do something nice for your girlfriend and it was an utter fail. Like, <laughs> epic. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to talk about the ex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ain't going to talk about the ex, man. We, we had that, we, everybody had a bad ex, yeah. Everybody had a bad ex that, that stole their soul and ran off and yeah, so I've been there. I've been, yeah, I've been there. Um, we're not gonna glorify her though. So, <laughs> so that's that's how we're gonna move from that one. But uh, you know, as I was saying a little bit earlier, when I was working Fridays and I went to work for Suitman, um, I want to say I was like between the twenty-three to twenty-five um, like age age bracket. Um, so when I hit twenty-five, I really felt like I had like a quarter-life crisis. And a lot of people don't talk about a quarter-life crisis. Let's talk about it, because I, I want to get into that. But I really feel like, you know, everybody talk about midlife crisis. Okay. Where, like, you get old and you buy, start buying Corvettes and shit. And yeah, but at, like, quarter-life, you kind of, you know, you got your degree. You think you did what you was, you did everything you were supposed to do by society standards, right? Everybody has visions of what they want to be for themselves. Yes. So you done did everything that society said. You got these visions in your head, because they've been there forever. Now you hit 25 and you're like, damn. I did everything they said I needed to do. I don't. I'm not at the job I want. I'm not where I want to be. So you kind of just sitting back. You kind of just like, damn. So what do I like? What's next? Or how do I? You try to figure out how do I get to to what I want? You know, how do I do deal with that? And um, around that 25, I, w- I was working with Superman. That's what kind of sparked the idea of the food truck, so I could get out the office because I was literally like depressed. Um, like just driving myself crazy. Wake up every morning, hating the ride to work hating the ride to work like <laughs> like looking at the other cars like man i can't believe i'm in this pack of people just going to do it like i don't want to do this mm-hmm. like that's not it's not what i want to do you know and when your intuition is like grabbing you and telling you this is not it this is not it this is not it it just starts to affect you um and it don't help like i love jersey to death but it don't help when the winter hit and it's so cold and it's gloomy outside and like you you can't walk outside and see the sun because that's like you see clouds mm-hmm. and you see the snow and it's it kind of is depressing like for real for real it's, it's a little depressing so just going through that constantly I was just like man I just gotta you know and um I had a lady friend at the time and she kind she she helped me get through that and she definitely like pushed me like yo just do it just do it like just do it what you gotta lose you know what yeah. you gotta lose and that's really in my head I've been saying it been saying it been saying it, but I just need somebody like kick me off the side just like go do it. Um, 
And that's what really led me to actually finally jump out into like, all right, I'm going to go work for myself. And since that moment, it hasn't been peaches and cream, but I've been happy on the inside. And I could like, for real, broke, not, whatever. <laughs> I'm happy that I own my own business, that I set my own schedule. I do what I want. And I don't have to drive and go to a job that I don't want to be at. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that. You know, people start to lose a sense of, like, what do you, you hear on earth? Like, you got one time, like, one, one chance, right? One chance. It may be a certain amount of years, but it's one chance. So we shouldn't be so caught up in, like, what society says or doing things that we just don't want to do. You don't want to do it. Like, at some point, whether you 18, 19, 25, 30, older, younger, you just got to do it. You got to stand there and say, hey, look, this is what I want to do. Let me let me go do it. Yeah. And then until you do that, you'll never be like happy within yourself. Like you, you just won't. I'm sure you know. I'm sure no, you understand. I'm, I'm sure you understand. I'm with you. I'm sure you understand. But you can't get into the comparison game either. And it's so easy with social media to do that because mm-hmm. you're scrolling. You know how your day went, mm-hmm. and you're scrolling. You're like, like I mean, like you said. You you know what? It is so easy to get into that comparison game. For real. But the more I think about it, and I talk to my friends all the time because I'm 33. Mm-hmm. I'm like, guys, people live to be 106, 115, 112. Mm-hmm. You're only at 30% of your life right now. Yeah, people like. People you, give up at 27. But, I'm like, what but, are you but doing? You, but you know, You're like, infant. you know, after like 25, they, you know, oh, you owe, you owe. Once yes. you get to like 30, 30 you owe, you owe. I'll, be, I'll tell all my friends, like anybody that's going to listen, I'll tell them all, bro, in the grand scheme of life, I'm I'm young. young. You could call me old you want, but I'm young. I know. I'm knowledgeable. <laughs> I'm knowledgeable. I understand things a little bit better than I did before. Right. Um, and my younger brother, he always says, good for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like no no malicious intent or nothing. It's just like good for them. You know, good for them. And that's what you got to learn to do is like if you see somebody flourishing, that's dope. Support that person. That's mm-hmm. cool. Instead of it being like so... Animosity. Man, he ain't doing nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't really doing nothing. He ain't really doing nothing. No, nah, man. Like, <laughs> like, yo, he, he went out and he, he tried to do something. He mm-hmm. got it. Mm-hmm. I think like at the age I'm at now, what I what I realize and what really touches me is when I see other people achieve their dreams. Cause I'm like, yo, that like that's that's got to be such a great feeling. Cause it's something that like intuitively been in your mind forever, and you are finally there, and like other people recognize it. So yes, it's not yes, not yes. only that you're there, but other people recognize like you just like yo, you 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 reach your dreams, man. Like that's amazing. That's dope. It's a blessing. So. Why would I? Why would I be mad at that person? Why would I have any? Nah, man. Congratulate that man, that that woman. Congratulate mm-hmm. them and ask them how to do it. See, the social media they, t- they take conversation away. They don't know how to talk. It's not <laughs> enough. Not- Listen, I want to be a student. I want to mentor other people. I see where you're mm. going. I want to learn from you. Yeah. It's not enough of that. People don't humble themselves. A lot of ego. Yeah. Um, a lot. On that, on that, you know, mentor tip. Like a lot of what I do, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in a. Uh, a fraternity, the, the best fraternity ever, Omega Sci Fi. Q Dogs, yes. Uh, so we got, we have, you know, Neos come in, those are the young boys that come in. And I really feel like that's the prime time to, you know, they, they within the frat, they are frat brothers, they are friends. But why not try to, like, let's coach them up now. 
And that's what a lot of the bros do is, you know, you grab them up. So I'm really tight with the uh, Rutgers chapter, which is Tau Zeta. I'm really tight with those boys. They just crossed some boys last 2016. So a lot of those dudes have actually worked for me on my truck, you know, because they in college, they need money. They yeah. trying to work. Yo, hey, look. And I told them all off the rip, look, I got a business. I'm going to need help. You can use me to make some bread. It's not like, hey, look, you got to check in here every Wednesday or every Tuesday. Like, you can still live. You need some money. Come on. Like, I, I got you. You can work for me. Um, but when they get on the truck, it's not like I just want them to just work. You know, it's like we always in there having a conversation. Hey, so, like, what are you going to do when you graduate? What do you want to do? Um, you know, what's your, what's your goals? What you aspire to do? How can I help you get there? So it's bigger than than just you know, having them work for me and giving them that, like, nah, let's, I'm trying to coach people up. Or I, at least that's what I, I try to do. I got a younger cousin, he's not, but same thing, same thing with Johnny. I just try to coach everybody up and put everybody to the point where it's like, okay, they see how, how I've treated them or how we move. Hopefully that transcends to them grabbing up on somebody else. And then they could, they could coach the next person up. And that's, I mean, but that's really what was kind of gotten lost in translation with, with our culture is it's too much, you know, Chris Brown and Soldier Boy instead of, <laughs> you know, um, that's what's going on right now. So I can talk about, you know, I, I can say that. It's, to, it's crazy, um, man. Have a special on it. It's crazy. Like, whereas we should, we, we should just be more coaching ourselves up, building ourselves up. You know, I, you know, we, we brought you to the studio here and I introduced you to other cats. It's yeah. all entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You know, Brendan, who's, who's filming, he don't ever show his face, but he started 12 a few years ago. And I had the soup truck, and we sat down in the Starbucks. Same thing. Hey, man, just off of one of our one of our friends, mutual friend, introduced yeah. us. We just plugged. We talked. To this day, we still. Hey, man, what's going on? How's everything? I buy his I buy his gear. Uh -huh. He comes to my truck. We still work with each other hand to hand. That's what it's about. It has to be like that. Like absolutely. And um, you know, for for the culture to to generate wealth, like we really got to do that. I mean, I, we could start talking about how we don't keep the dollar within our own compared to other. Definitely coaches and there's like all types of data reports that show that we got a trillion dollar buying power but where's that trillion dollars going you know we gotta we gotta, we gotta buy from ourselves we gotta support ourselves we gotta coach ourselves we gotta buy from ourselves we gotta support ourselves we gotta coach ourselves one more time with that rhythmic kind of soulful army. Okay. so we gotta buy from ourselves we gotta coach ourselves. We have to support ourselves. One hundred percent. And until <laughs> that's like the best way to end the show. Y'all get it? You, I get it. It's Thank facts, you though. So much, Marcus Crawford. It's facts. For coming on Wi-Fi Corporate Ambition. Where can we find you? Okay, so you can find Burritos at www.burritosfoodtruck.com. Burritos. Um, we're on all Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, backslash Burritos FT. B R O R I T O S F T. That's for everything. That's for everything. Oh, for everything. So Facebook is the backslash, but then, you know, Instagram, okay. Twitter is the at, and then all of it's Burritos FT. Try to keep it, you know, um, simple. That's how you can find our truck. Uh, my personal IG is Marcus A. Crawford. That's where I'm at. I am. Do not enter his DMs. I mean, you can if it's about business, though. About business. <laughs> you can if it's about business, though. So, is there a difference in business since wrapping the truck? Because I when I met you, yeah, 
silver truck. Wasn't really that attractive. Okay. Let's let's tell that story too. I told you. No, no, no. I'm going to tell the story about my silver truck. Oh, why it wasn't that attractive? Mm-hmm. Oh. And then <laughs> you just sent me a picture of my email, the new truck, and that would make me want to stand in line. Absolutely. So what happened? You know, silver truck, the green truck. So the silver truck is the, the truck we bought um, in the last year when we was like, yo, look, it's time to expand into our own brand. Build our own. Which is burritos. We're going, we're going, let's do our own brand. So we bought the truck, and it was a it was a... It was basically silver, and the, the piece people we bought it from, they had put, like, little swirls in the side of the truck with, like, an angle iron, and then it was a chalkboard. Okay. The top was a chalkboard. For those who don't know, what's an angle iron? Did they indent into the silver, or you just nah, they made No, nah, so it's, it's kind of like a sanding machine. The way we use it is like a sanding oh, machine. Okay. So you we sanded the circles into it. Got it. So okay. we just put I'm swirls in it. Excuse me. Um... But basically, we did that because it was it was the cheapest way to go. You know, we just sanded the circles and we put a gloss on it, and we used the chalkboard, repainted the chalkboard. Now we got a menu. You know, we could put a menu, and on the other side we could write burritos, and this truck could go work. Yeah. Um, because we knew that the wrap was going to cost us another three thousand dollars, over three, you know, a little bit over three thousand um, dollars, and we didn't have it at the time. So, the way the the way the finances were set up, and this is another one of those kind of like pitfall things, is we. We got the truck, we built it out, we put it on the road. It's a used truck, but it was supposed to have a motor in it that was like 60,000 miles, which isn't that old. No, not at all. We went to our first first event with the truck. We got done with the event, and the truck wouldn't start. So I spent 30, 40 minutes just, you know, trying to figure something out. Bang on the fuel pumps and yada, yada. I finally hit the fuel pump. It kicked on. Okay. So I'm like, all right, fuel pump, let's get home. Yeah. We driving, we driving, we driving. driving we we, we on a parkway. That thing start, start stuttering off. We like, oh damn! Like we ain't gonna make it. <laughs> we not gonna make it. Yeah. But kick back on, get home, get home, take it to a mechanic. I'm like, yo, look, I don't know what's wrong, but hey, come on, fix it before I get stuck. Cause we just avoided it. Yeah. If I would have to get towed, that would have cost five hundred something dollars. Like, you know, really? They don't. Triple A don't, don't yeah, they don't cover no trucks. Covering you gotta, you gotta cover a real truck. And we were in East Hanover, and we had to get the truck back to Oldbridge. That was gonna be like a five hundred something dollar bill. Yeah. So, we took it to the mechanic. He puts a new fuel pump on. I get the truck back. I'm driving it. Cuts off again. So I'm like, bruh, I just had it. You just had the truck. Yeah. Okay. So he does something else. I take the truck. I go five minutes away, and I blow the motor. Seize the motor on Route 18. Driving whole motor, I hear it all, all all noise. Motor's done, so I take it back. He's like, "Man, I, I don't know. I did such and such." And like at this point, my patience got to kick in. I'm like, "All right, bro, you don't know what you're doing. I yeah. gotta get out of here." So I will find another mechanic. We go to another mechanic. He's like, "Yeah, it's seized up," and he tells me it was probably just it probably just needed some oil. So I hate to admit it, but I blew the we blew the motor because we needed oil in the truck, and the truck was telling us by cutting off, you need oil. You never, you just didn't think that you need. Like, I sent, I gave it to a mechanic, and I thought that he would check. The he was oil going, level. you know, I thought he was going to do it, and I, I mean, I thought I had oil, so yeah. I just, I took it to a mechanic more, right. more than once. Yeah. So I, I thought that, you know, I thought, you know, me just not doing more, you know, taking it that extra step, because I could blame, I blame myself for it, not taking it that extra step. So we blew the motor. That cost. We blew the motor. The flywheel, distributor, all that went. So that was like a thirty-five hundred, no, no, no forty-two hundred dollar job getting the motor fixed with all that stuff. So the wrap got the wrap got, got put on hold. 
So the rap got put on hold. <laughs> so after that, you know, again, we only, we only used a used truck. The radiator went on us. We had to replace that. The suspension popped on us. We had to replace that. Uh, eventually, yeah, so that all, that all broke. So we had to go make the money back. Like we wanted to get it wrapped. So a lot of the time you saw that it was silver, we knew it needed to be wrapped. We just were trying to climb up because mm-hmm. we don't like that. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep taking no, money. No, I hear out. you. No, I rather I rather just work for it. Right. So that's why you saw it the way you saw it. Where it was just a chalkboard and the silver. Uh, we were finally able to wrap it in September, I think. So we, I knew what I wanted. Um, I knew I wanted to do animated design because there's no truck like that. Um, I knew I wanted to incorporate myself, my partner, my cousin, because it's, it's us and we want to be able to like, we want people to, to see the truck and understand what's going on and like really be able to like link with us and connect with us. Uh, that's just, that shit, it just makes sense. You know, it just makes sense because with our soup trailer, people will see this guy out yegging on the side and they're like, yo, who is that? Where's he at? Yeah. And bro, we own it, but his face is on it. So yeah, people never, it all. exactly, never connected. So this one, we like, you know what? We're going to put our own faces on it. And my parents, my parents, you know, they, they're like, are you sure you want to put yourself on a truck? You know why they say that though, right? No. You know, you know, you know, you know, I, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so they a little like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, are you sure you want to be, be yeah, be I like. Mean, Burritos is enough for you to know what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, up. I mean, that's what people. Trust me, people be asking so uh-huh. many. Cri- some don't get it, some do. So <laughs> we just <laughs> we gonna just let them rock. But some get okay. it. Some some be like, "Yo, the bros." Like, and then other people be like, "What is a burrito?" Like, you like, okay. But some get it, some don't. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. But um, so they was kind of like, "Are you sure you wanna do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like I want them to know." Like, and basically, it's yeah, like, "Hey, you either gonna gonna come rock with us or you not." But they always rock with us. Yeah, exactly. It, that's what I was trying to tell him. I'm like, listen, I'm Harry. like, <laughs> listen, Culture listen, let a, let a, we, we got this and it's going to stand out. That's why mm-hmm. it's bright lime green. Um, and we finally got it wrapped in September. But the cool part about the wrap is I actually found a designer on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's actually located in Brazil. Never had a phone conversation with this man all through emails because he doesn't really he's broken English. Yes. Don't really understand. So we just train, you know, back and forth on emails, back and forth emails. And for him to get it, like the detail, the exactly the way we want it is amazing. Like amazing. Like you didn't even see the other side of the truck. The other Mm -hmm. side is just burritos. It's got like a silhouette in New Jersey. So it shows like the whole map. People kind of point out where they're from. Yeah. And it's got animated food on the other side too. Uh, We incorporated the boardwalk for Jersey Shore and then ourselves and social media area you all found them randomly on Instagram. just searching i searched for a good couple weeks like just searching searching and then or- uh animation you know like animated you know just animated art just creative like little hashtags going through and i kept seeing uh his name is like it's rafael duke duke why um but he was doing like he was doing like athletes soccer like soccer players yeah. and then their legs would be like all twisted up or he'd do like Steph Curry with his arms would be like mm, okay all crazy and I'll just reach out to him through the DM and I reach out to a few people through the DM but I reach out to him and he was like you know like you know I'm glad you reached out I'm interested in it and he gave me a cool rate or at least a fair rate that I thought was fair so I was like That's all right you know let's try it yeah I didn't know that yeah uh, I didn't know that yeah, I, I didn't know that <laughs> I didn't uh, know that I yeah, no it's idea. like a mojito. Okay. So they make them on the beach fresh for you. 
Hey Al, five Hey Al's. Yeah. And our money is a dollar twenty-five. That's crazy. But the drink is potent. That's crazy. So, See. Yeah, Fifty. Ten dollars. That's crazy. I was looking like See. a baller in a club one night. You keep talking about Brazil. Forty Hey Al's. <laughs> no, I will go again. Like if you want me to leave the, the no, way that's, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to take you guys to, on a tour. Yeah, I'm trying to go to Brazil. That's one of my. For sure. That's one of my spots. I gotta Stay go to. Mm-hmm. That's dope. <laughs> no, I gotta go to Brazil for real. But um, so he gave me like his, you know, his price was like it was fair, and for like I knew it was gonna be a lot of work, and I knew yeah. it was gonna be a lot of back and forth, and like the rap company they want the rap company themselves want like 125, 150 an hour. I knew it was gonna take a few mm-hmm. hours. Like I knew it was gonna take hours to to, to mm-hmm. get us right. And then some of the other guys like, yeah, I could do it for you. I'm like, look, man, I, you know, entrepreneurial, like, figure it out on a budget. Yes, I'm I'm on a budget. So we end up uh, wrapping up with him for like. 800 I think 6 to 800 awesome. you know 6 to 800 for for all of the artwork and that back art, and forth all the time yeah, all the back and forth all the time 6 to 800 which isn't bad at all not at all um, like I said they were trying to charge me 125 an hour it took us a month a month and a half for back and forth to get exactly what we wanted yeah uh, so we, we saved on that uh, he did I mean he did a phenomenal job like <laughs> I'm impressed by it man it's, good. it's, it's dope uh, but that was just that's another way to use the social media, I guess. You know, you gotta just just go get it. When you want something, like I had to, you know, I had this vision way before we even had the truck of what I wanted on the truck. It was just a matter of finding somebody that could do it. And it was like almost like, yeah, maybe we just do it another way. But now nah, he came through for us. So now that the truck is wrapped, the difference in like sales has gone up. The difference in phone calls has gone up. Cause you know, I think when it was a chalkboard, every time it rained, the phone number got washed off, the social media got washed off. I had to rewrite it, or if it was raining while we driving, people just see a silver, a silver tank. You know, yeah, they so just see the no silver truck. There. No promo. The best part about a food truck is I'm on the highway all the time, so I want to turn your head. That's why it's lime green. That's why the green it is, it stands out. Like when people it see sure it, does. when people see it, you got to turn your head. So whether you're driving, whether you're walking, that's that's why it's designed that way. And now, you know, people are always calling, hey, look, man, we got we got this going on. We want you to come. Your truck looks cool. Saw you on Parkway. Yeah, saw you on Parkway, saw you on Turnpike, saw you at this festival, saw you at that festival. And then it, it's just, it's more appealing. So if you go to an event and we're silver, people are kind of like, eh, I don't know. It looks kind of like raggedy. I don't know if I want to go over there. Their food might not be all that. But that's where you find the best food. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, you're right. Holding walls in my neighborhood. You're right. Yeah, but we, no, no, you're right. Hold, no, hold on, yeah, hole in the wall spots is always dancing. good. Always good. I got all the hole in the wall spots in Miami you could ever ask for. You know for real. But no, I totally understand the marketing. Yeah, right. absolutely. And as a food truck, mm-hmm. you know, because food trucks come have come from roach coaches. Yes. So people look yes, at it. You know, yeah, people look at trucks and they 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 quick to be like, yeah, hey, I don't know if I want to eat off that or not. So the wrap helps to to professionalize you. Yes. And um. And now I see your point of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. It's all psychological, a lot of it. Just like social media, it's yeah, all perception. It's all psychological. It's all perception. It's all co-creation. Everything. Um, the mind. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, no, the sales is up. That's. I mean, yeah, the calls is up. The emails are up. People go to the website. That's the best part. Like, hey, and then again, like the name. I think the name resonates and stands out so much. It does. Where. You know, people, they like, they'll come over like, yo, you got me with the name, now give me with the food. 
and the food is good. <laughs> the food is good. Like hands down, you know, I, you know, you know, come to the truck, come check us out. But the food is good. It speaks for itself. I've had plenty of people. We've had plenty of people, not only because we, because we African American or black, mm-hmm. will walk up to the truck, look at us, and walk away, dead ass, dead ass. But when a buddy or a coworker buy some food and gonna and be like, hey, hey, yo, that that was kind of hitting, they come right on back. <laughs> they they'll come right over back to the truck. And, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, man. I don't I don't care. I don't let none of that stuff phase me. Yeah, you know, exactly. But. You know, once you come and enjoy the food and enjoy the process of what we're doing and, and really sit there and talk to us on the truck, like, people are like, yo, they cool. They some young cats that's just trying to hustle mm-hmm. and get it done. Like, and they become your supporters. I love it. For real. So, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the, uh, the answer to that question. <laughs> um, I appreciate you having me on uh, Wi-Fi Coffee Ambition. My pleasure. Right? It's Wi-Fi Coffee yes. Ambition. Okay. So, I appreciate you having me on Wi-Fi Coffee Ambition. I think it's a dope title. I think you have a dope brand, um, or what can be a dope brand. Um, I think you're on to something. I think if you reach out to, I mean, there's a there's a ton of people, entrepreneurial spirit like me, that kind of you know tell their story, and you give insight to other cats, mm-hmm. and it's it's like always having that voice and putting it into a place because people are always looking for the answers, but they don't know where to go. And I think it's it's cool you came up with it, man. It's it's dope. We appreciate you right. and your willingness to be open. And talk about the highs and the lows because it's not always easy to be vulnerable. But um, thank you, Marcus Crawford, Burritos. Keep an eye out for him. Wi-Fi Coffee Ambition. Mm -hmm. Remember, if the promise is clear, the price is easy.